Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Society for Armenian Studies podcast. I am Erin Pignon, and I am very pleased to welcome our guest today, Dr. Christina Moranci, the Arthur H. Dadian and Ada Oztemel Professor of Armenian Art and Architecture at Tufts University, where she teaches Armenian and Byzantine art and architecture and serves as the department chair of art and art history. Dr. Moranci is the author of many books, including uh, Vigilant Powers, Three Churches of Early Medieval Armenia and Medieval Armenian Architecture, Constructions of Race and Nation. But today, she and I meet on the eve of the Metropolitan Museum of Art Symposium, dedicated to its ongoing exhibit, Armenia, Art, Religion, and Trade in the Middle Ages, to discuss her recent publication, The Art of Armenia, an Introduction, published by Oxford University Press. Dr. Moranci, welcome. Thank you. And let me just say that I am talking to Erin Pinion, who is a wonderful up-and-coming art historian of Armenian art studying at Princeton University. So she's too modest to tell you that, but I will because I taught her when she was an undergraduate at Tufts. Yes, this is particularly important for us because we started a long time ago. We did. um, And Dr. Moranci has taken me from undergrad all the way here. So um, it's very, very special for me to share this with her today. It's been a great journey, Erin. So for our audience, let's begin with something that may seem very simple, but what is Armenian art? Uh, How do we define it? Can we define it? Uh. And quickly for our uh, listening audience, we are in New York City, so you will hear the soundscape of um, some beeps in the background. Yeah, they're all they're all going to complain about my definition of Armenian art, so I better be careful of those <laughs> New York cabbies. Um, what a great question. I don't think it's a question anybody can really um, put a fixed recipe on, because if, if you could, then, you know, I don't know, the world be, would be a different place. Um, but the way I do it is I when I talk about Armenian art, generally I'm talking about Um, art made by, for, or within communities that self-identify as Armenian. And, um, but even that definition doesn't hold for, let's say, the pre-Christian material culture of the Armenian highlands. Um, So one has to be sort of, I think, big and broad and, um, you know, willing to be a little untidy about um, the uh, categorization of Armenian art. Um, because sometimes the more you try to categorize things, the smaller the, um, the frame becomes, and that's not fun. I like to think in as broad a term as possible for Armenian art, and the degree to which we find ourselves worrying about defining it is itself a good thing. It's a good exercise to think about, well, is this Armenian art or isn't it? So I think uh, why stop the conversation? Why not continue to, to question and, and, and worry about those things? Yeah. And this is definitely something that you were doing in completing your book project. So can you tell us more about the scope of your latest publication and not just the chronological Mm -hmm. but or geographical, but also the different types of media covered? Yeah, sure. So um, so I I did just following what I said before, I did try to make it as broad as possible. And, um, uh, you know, surveys of Armenian art and there are two major ones that come to mind that were published in the 80s. Uh, covered the period from late antiquity um, to the 17th century. Actually, they do a teeny bit of um, the ancient period. 
and then go into the 17th century. So, so pretty much um, Christian art. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to start with the earliest uh, material culture that we have, and I really didn't see any good place to to sort of start after that very beginning material culture. So that's where I started. And in part that was because there's such, there's been a lot of really interesting new discoveries about, let's say for example, Bronze Age or Urartian era um, culture in the Armenian highlands. And I wanted to highlight those new discoveries. Um, I was also told by one reviewer that since I wasn't an expert that I shouldn't uh, you know, talk about that early material, which just made me more um, more determined to talk about yeah. it. So, you know, hey, reviewer, if you're out there, you lost. So, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then I, then I, you know, proceed into, to the 17th and even into the early 18th centuries because, um, because they, for me, this material, the kinds of principles of connectedness, of um, contact with European print culture, um, the changes in the in the kind of political landscape that happened in the 17th century, you can still see in the early 18th. And so I really, I really thought, why not just extend it out a little bit? Um, I end with a postscript that's on the uh, the the modern, the contemporary and modern um, period, looking back on ancient and medieval Armenian art, both as memories um, that are recreated in modern works, but also as cultural heritage to be protected. Um, so in terms, just in terms of chronology, I, I try to take a pretty broad, broad um, view. And then in terms of media, yeah, I, I really wanted to... It's um, everything. It, yeah. yeah, I wanted to include everything I could. So the traditional subjects, uh, the bread and butter, if you like, of Armenian art, so architecture, manuscripts, and sculpture. But I also wanted to cover wood, wooden um, carving. I wanted to cover ceramics. I wanted to cover a little bit of textiles, metalwork, um, try to broaden out our view to include as many different kinds of, um, you know, um, manufactured traditions that I could. Um, yeah, so so I, I I was hoping to give a kind of big picture that that hopefully readers can take and maybe if they are particularly interested in one or another topic they can kind of jump into it. Yeah, great. Um, well, we were just talking. I mean, uh, Dr. Morancy was my first introduction to Armenian art and architecture. But can you talk to us more about teaching Armenian art and architecture in general mm-hmm. and discuss how maybe the book in informed? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, was informed yeah. by those experiences. Absolutely. So I've been teaching Armenian art for, I can't believe it, like 20 years, oh, which is crazy. We've been together for 10 years almost, it's right? Amazing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my, long time. And so, when we started, there wasn't this book. There I mean, was not there, this book. And there was not a handbook to, there, st- to teach or study Armenian art. Absolutely. And so that was really my reason for writing it. I mean, there was nothing I could give my students. And, you know, um, there were either extremely sort of high, level specialist works that assumed a great deal of not too much knowledge for an undergraduate to have um, or there was uh, material that just was you know websites that may or may not be good mm-hmm. um, and there really wasn't anything authoritative in print that that I could assign that had also a kind of coherent narrative all the things that you know I tried to provide in my lectures but were not available in in a in a book so there I I saw there really was a need there for 
um, for a book. And, uh, and also, I mean, those surveys, the last surveys were written in the 80s, mm-hmm. completely different context, translated from, the, from um, French into English. And, um, and there was no accounting for all the changes in art history that mm-hmm. have taken place. Um, all the discoveries in the field of Armenian art. So there was a lot of room for something new. And on top of that, I also wanted something that the Armenian community could read and learn about, you know, looking at Armenian art through the discipline of art history, not just as wonderful, beautiful objects to be revered, but, you know, they're interesting, complicated, historically rich Mm -hmm. um, objects that that have, uh, that can be understood within a discipline, a disciplinary framework. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do that too. There's a lot of different things that, a lot of different things that motivated me for writing it, but I would say the main one is really having something for my students to to, to be able to turn to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see this, I mean, you call the Art of Armenia an introduction. Yeah. Um, do you see it as a handbook? Do yeah. you see it as something that instructors can take and yeah. Yeah. and teach themselves or yeah. um, um, more like a textbook? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I see it as a, as a handbook, something, it's certainly not a big book. Um, you can kind of take it with you. And it's cheap too, um, but yeah, I think I wanted to make it so that it 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 didn't require a whole lot of extra explanation by some kind of uh, you know authority that it it contained what you needed to kind of get started in the field. And I also the other thing I wanted to do that was really based on my experience with students was give them um, the opportunity to kind of have questions about works of art, give them different opinions, uh, different scholarly views on works of art, and ask questions in the text. So sometimes I do write in the form of questions just to sort of get them thinking, well, what does this mean? How can we interpret um, this work? What would the, what was the patron thinking? You know, and so that, so that they can maybe turn that into a paper, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, um, you know, just sort of be curious in ways that they weren't before. So that, so I guess, you know, a handbook is a good word for it because I do think it, it, um, you know, it covers a lot and it, I try to do so like in a fairly, you know, reasonable amount of space. But, um, but also I, I hope that it is kind of a point of departure for, um, further research. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. And because it's, because it is a tight, knit group of places, objects, things, um, sites. Um, what challenges did you, did you meet when you had to leave things out and select certain things? I mean, you know, and we'll talk more about your postscript, but it, it, you really go from late antiquity all the way into the modern period. I know. So it is, um, yeah, it's crazy. I, um, it's so hard to, to write when you know that you are going to have to choose just a few objects to be representative. Exemplary models. Exactly. Or, or, you know, something that's on the outskirts that deserves to be brought to the center. Exactly. That's, that's, I think the hardest thing about the survey, um, or the, whatever you want to call it, survey or introduction or whatever you have, have to choose a sort of small so I would actually start with that when I was writing each chapter I'd say okay which are the objects that I want to work with I didn't want them to be obscure I wanted them to be things that students could find in other uh, literary literature um I wanted to find things that had rich histories and stories that they were telling whether through um accompanying like inscriptions or chronicles or something so that I could you know use that to, to talk about the work 
Um, to some extent, I think I was, I was definitely thinking about previous surveys and the way they had told the, the narratives and, you know, and, and sometimes agreeing, sometimes not agreeing with previous views on what's a sort of um, characteristic of an era. Um, there were so many different pieces. And I think sometimes I, I try to choose something that's, um, that's characteristic. And sometimes I try to choose something that's just so much itself that, mm-hmm. you know, but ultimately I think it's a, it's a kind of a personal instinctive thing, what you kind of choose to make up your, what you see as Armenian art. Um, I mean, I have my favorites, you know, like there's the Gospels of the Priest from Walter's Art Museum mm-hmm. from 966. Or um, the you know the manuscripts like the lecture of Hatun the second that you know I'll just always love and they just always have to have a place. I mean, part of I think what maybe comes out in this book is just what the way I teach, which is I I teach the things that that I love usually. So I try to explain to students why you know this is such a great thing, why this is a great work. But it is very hard to leave things out. And I was only given a word limit of like 80, 80 I couldn't go over mm. by 80,000 words. And also only about only about 100, maybe 100 more, but not too much more than 100 images. And so I will I say the, the book is beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you said that. I think that. the majority of them are color images. Yeah, yeah. there are a lot of yeah. color images. Just the maps are black and white. Yeah. Everything else is... Yeah, there's a lot of color. Color, gloss. Yeah. Very, very beautiful. Yeah, really I'm, I'm pleased with the way it turned out. I think it's a it's a good-looking book, and, um, you know, I think also at the price point, it's a, it's it really is a nice... It's a nice thing. It's a good Christmas gift. It is a good Christmas gift. Or whatever holiday you celebrate yes. out there. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's let's get back to, you mentioned before, art history and Armenian art history. So what are, and we'll hear there's an emergency going yeah, on outside. Yeah, there's <laughs> an emergency on Armenian art. <laughs> um, what are the challenges that Armenia itself, or the art of Armenia faces in entering the art historical yeah. canon? And do you think your book will be... Um, instrumental in insert I mean yeah. inserting it maybe reinserting yeah. it into yeah. the larger yeah. Armenian art historical or art historical canon and then yeah. let's talk about what Armenian art history looks like right now yeah. um and yeah. I'm particularly thinking with my first part of your question yeah. or my question to you is um your your article locating Armenia yeah uh, right 2001 which right. is kind of when we started working together yeah. and and if you want to yeah. share with the readers how you kind of place Armenia then and maybe yeah. how you place oh, it that's now. that's an interesting question. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when I wrote that article, um, Armenia was really still pretty much not on anybody's map of art history. And um, and, and there were just like a few monuments. One, I mean, Akhtamar was the one monument I think I mentioned that like it, you do see it. Um, you, you, there, it was in one edition of Marilyn Stockstead's art history, the big survey text. Mm-hmm. And then it was... Uh, then it disappeared. Then it disappeared. Yeah. So um, that was, and that was pretty much the state of things. And that was the state of things. I mean, when I, when I was a graduate student, nobody, mm-hmm. Armenia was sort of nowhere. And uh, I'm we're talking about medieval Armenia. And, um, but that, you know, things have really started to change. I feel like in the last few years, uh, it's, I think, maybe partly the global turn that's happening. Um, people want to, people are curious about tra- artistic traditions outside of the Mediterranean and Europe mm-hmm. and the sort of canonical places and not just non-Western in this kind of, you know, vague way, but, you know, particular places. And Armenia is, I think it's a, maybe it's just part of that, that turn in the discipline 
that's that's helping to make Armenia more visible. But I also think there are specific, um, you know, scholars like well, look at Helen Evans and the Met and the exhibition there. Um, things have you know what Tom Matthews started with his students in the um, in the eighties and nineties. Those students are are maturing, and again, Helen is I think just doing amazing amazing work that way. Um, and what I want with my work as well with this book is to, to, for sure, I want to see Armenia in the art history survey text. It belongs there. And I think what's so shocking is that it isn't. And, um, you know, we've created this artificially narrow world for ourselves, what art history is, that just, that is absolutely an illusion. It's a mm-hmm. deception. And Armenia is um you know has a rightful place in in traditions of art and i you know it sounds so strange for me even to have to say it yeah and also to say to you but it's 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 that's the way the world is at present so i feel that we are on the cusp of something i think that you know in the next 10 years you are going to start seeing armenia more and more mm-hmm. in in um general discussions about art and um particularly pre-modern art but you're going to change it for the early modern period. <laughs> I hope Aaron so. Erin is an expert in early modern <laughs> Armenian art. Um, so I'm, I am hopeful. I think we're reaching like the event horizon with mm-hmm. Armenia and our, and our history. Mm-hmm. I think it's happening. Well, and I think, and thank you for your kind words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I mean, I, I agree with you completely in that we have to extend it beyond Kilikia, Swisha. Yeah. I mean, we have yeah. to, um, and the objects that come out of that period are fantastic, but um, I'm particularly interested in the early modern period yeah. because there's yeah. so many things that stones that have been left unturned yeah. um, and objects that have been absolutely uh, completely ignored. So I was very excited to see the um, Kutahia yeah. uh, tiles yeah. in your book because there's one monograph and there's some a few oh, no. articles, but no. they don't. They don't really make it they because don't. they're late, um, right. because they're different. Yeah, because uh, I think, and also just to interrupt, I think because um, in the past, in the past, we've looked at art history for these essential traditions, and that if you derive your tradition from some of these other essential traditions, essentially you are not, you know, you're just derivative. Mm-hmm. So Kutaya, you know, it could be if you wanted to be sort of ultra conservative, you could see it in these certain ways. Like, okay, there's the Kutaya tradition, but then you see European print iconography mm-hmm. happening there, or you know, or maybe Iznik. Uh, but the fact is, we don't look at that's not it's not good enough anymore to mm-hmm. do art history that way. You need to look at the work itself. You need to look at its history. You need to look at its amazing inscriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that's being said with those tiles that we can learn and. Um, so it's so I think partly you know just to get back to your question about sort of the place of Armenia in art history like part is the part of it is the global term but part of it is just you know, a shift I think in the way we're looking at art history not as these kind of you know um, these 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 sort of uh, silos of um, classical art ancient Near Eastern mm-hmm. art but that that's break that itself things is are getting down. very blended yeah. And, yeah yeah even the objects that we study are yeah and right. actually that makes Armenia I think one of the most exciting places to be working because we do see um, in these very objects we can see how connected this culture yeah. is so it's in fact I think you know what you're working on with early modern is so exciting um, and uh, so understudied mm-hmm. it's just a, it's it's exciting. 
Well, let's go back to your book's postscript, um, which meditates on memory and heritage, and it extends the lives of the objects that you cover in the book and the sites that you write about, yeah. uh, and it creates a dialogue with modern Armenia and uh, Armenian identity. Um, so can you talk more about cultural heritage yeah. and preservation? Yeah. Um, listeners, I hope, will be familiar uh, with your successful efforts wow. to put Maren Cathedral, the 7th century church in the Kars region of Western Armenia, present-day Turkey, on the World Monuments uh, yeah. Fund watch list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe it's it's an ongoing project. I think yeah. they're doing some type of... Yeah, they they well the the watch yeah the watch list um so the watch list ended it, it this two thousand seven yeah, right two thousand seventeen and then um but I think I want to try to to get something going further it's um things in Turkey have been so uh up you know in upheaval lately that it's been uh, I haven't traveled there as much as I was let's say in two thousand sixteen that was my last mm-hmm. time. So, um, but I would like to to start up something new at Moran. We did do with that World Monuments Fund. We did do um, laser scanning of the entire monument. Mm-hmm. So that was that was helpful. It was a good first step. But obviously, there's a lot, a farther that had a lot much much more that has to be done. Um, and what's going on at Moran? The problems that Moran faces, as you referred to, are are faced by um, monuments all over, particularly in Western Armenia, mm-hmm. particularly in the. Um, well, I'm most familiar with the monuments in the region around Ani, but you could extend it down to Bonn um, as well as, as, you know, throughout his, the historical communities mm-hmm. of Western Armenia um, and elsewhere. So what I did try to do in that postscript was call attention to these monuments and as well as objects, um, sites, sites yeah. as... Um, as 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 things with their own lives and deaths, and not just as objects for art historical study, you know, but as things that need uh, um, advocacy, mm-hmm. and so um, that's that was very important to me to draw attention to the various ways we can study this material that not just we can but we should study this material um, that bring together many disciplines, mm-hmm. um, many fields of interest and expertise. Because um, the because these monuments are um, not just endangered, but we should be explicit, they are traces of um, physical traces of a lost homeland, and um, and so hold particular value for mm-hmm. um, the Armenian community, uh, and 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 so. Th- and then you add to that that there the, the monuments lie in what is usually an active seismic mm-hmm. area, um, eastern Turkey, western Armenia. It just makes the um, problem more um, more serious. But we could also talk about, you know, manuscripts, the problem of looting during the genocide. We could talk about the Julfa Cemetery, and that's mm-hmm. total erasure. So there are many dimensions to the cultural heritage of Armenia that um, can and should be study- studied. And I think that Little by little, there's a new sort of wave of scholarship on this subject, um, and so that's also a piece of the story that's changing. That that now, um, scholars interested in cultural heritage or critical heritage or whatever you want to call it, are are paying close attention to the Armenian example. Mm-hmm. So I wanted in my postscript to capture something of that um, that new scholarship as well. Mm-hmm. 
No, it's very, um, it's very powerful, the discussion of objects and sites in peril um, that require human modern intervention and attention. And uh, you've definitely done that with Moran and mm. um, hopefully we'll encourage it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And again, I, I wanted to make the point that you could do that from law or human rights or politics or, you know, international relations or NGOs or uh, there's so many different ways that one can be involved with um, with cultural heritage. So it can be done. Great. All right. Well, we'll wrap up. But do you have any any final words for our listeners? I think you should um, be on the lookout for Erin Pignon. Oh, She's no. great. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And um, everyone, please uh, look out for Dr. Morancy's book, which is sold out. Wow. Uh, but, um, get in line. Be, yeah, get in line. It'll certainly be in libraries, and uh, it truly is uh, a masterpiece. So thank you so much for being My with pleasure, us. My pleasure, Erin. And we will see you next time. Wonderful. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. <laughs>